This is episode number 929 with New York Times bestselling author Esther Perel. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Dalai Lama said, the best relationship is one in which your love for each other exceeds your need for each other. Mm, Love that thought. And Dolly Parton said, the way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. Oh my goodness. We have an incredible episode. I cannot wait for you to hear this. If you don't know who Esther Perel is, she is one of my inspirations. She is an incredible leader, writer, thinker, coach, psychotherapist, New York Times bestselling author, and is recognized as one of today's most insightful and original voices on modern relationships. She just seems to have the wisdom that makes you understand this crazy world of relationships and why it can be so challenging sometimes to be in intimate relationships in life and business relationships. And she is the host of the popular podcast, Where Should We Begin? This podcast will change your life. If you've ever struggled in relationships, I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. She also has a new podcast called How's Work, available on Spotify and anywhere you get your podcast. And her celebrated TED Talks have gained more than 20 million views. She's that popular. And in this interview, we talk about tackling the big question, why are relationships so hard for people in business and with intimate partners? We talk about the importance of community and how your community reflects who you are. The three main things for successful long-term intimate relationships, and this was a shocker for me, fundamental questions you can ask yourself and your partner before committing to a relationship. When do we ask ourselves these questions before we jump in? We usually don't, and then there's more problems. How to take responsibility in your relationship, even when you don't think you need to. Ah, I know I need to do more of that. And the keys to a successful business partnership and how it is similar and how it differs from an intimate partnership. This is going to be a game changer for so many people. Make sure to share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 929. And make sure to tag Esther Perel over on social media while you're listening because Again, the quality of your relationships determine the quality of your life, and this is giving you the keys to successful relationships and intimacy in life and business and career. So buckle up, and let's get ready for an incredible interview with the one and only Esther Perel. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these. But did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 
Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Suffering also, I mean, you could choose to be in prison and suffer with poor conditions and poor treatment, but we can, can we also choose to be out of suffering in our mind and in our heart, even if there's scarcity, even if there's uncertainty, even if there's physical abuse or emotional abuse, can we still try to not be in suffering? Or do you feel like there's nothing we can do sometimes? It's a both end, right? right. Man's search for meaning. Yeah. Basically... Viktor Frankl, right? Viktor yeah. Frankl, what he, he's in the concentration camps. He tries to have a little notebook in which he writes his scientific research. The book is the proof of his existence. At one point, right. he loses that little book and he realizes that all trace that he's ever been may forever be gone. Mm. And he does develop the notion of logotherapy, right? An idea that, that, um, it, it, that you cannot change your circumstances, but you can change your response to the circumstances, that you still have, until the last moment, fundamental freedom, right. which is the freedom to, to the meaning that you give to what is happening to you. And in that sense, no, he can't change his conditions in the concentration camp. But he is able to still maintain a sense of sovereignty and dignity over the human degradation that is happening to him on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. Yeah. And I think it's both ends. If you say to the people that are struggling at the borders of Mexico, you have chosen your prison, it's, it's indecent. Right. People are not always choosing their suffering. Sometimes within that, they can still sing a song to their child, hold their loved ones, write a letter to someone that, is missed, that they're longing for, staying alive for the ones that are waiting for them. And that's where you are coming out of the prison or out yeah. of the suffering, you know, and with a sense of freedom. And I think if one has to be really careful sometimes to say, we, we, we choose our pains, we choose to stay in pain, mm -hmm. It's, it, it, des it deserves some discernment. Sure. So suffering and pain is not a choice all the time. Oh, no. I think suffering and pain are part of life. Yeah. There's three things that religion has dealt with forever. What is not explainable? Why do we suffer? And why is there evil? And those three things have been the purview of where religion, from an anthropological point of view, really entered. And because of secularization, other people have entered to take the space 
people explain to you what is ununderstandable. Mm -hmm. People are trying My to way. help you with your suffering. <laughs> and experts, gurus, teachers, speakers, and all of that are trying to help you with why do bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. What is the answer to that? There is no answer to that. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have had religion from the beginning of time. Right. These are not things that are answered. These are things that, these are, these are questions, existential conundrums that we learn to live with. There's, nobody has ever had an answer. There's so many religions, not a single one has been able to answer. They give you a way to live with it. They right. never tell you you're not going to suffer. They tell you what you can do with your suffering. Right, they have There's, faith. Right, have, faith, have faith, go pray, go to rosaries, go do good things, help other people, you know, change your story. There's lots of ways today that we're dealing with something. But nobody has ever said you're not going to suffer. So we're always going to suffer. There is always going to be suffering as part of life. On a scale yes, you're going to deal with loss. Mm -hmm. You're going to deal with thwarted hopes. Yeah, you're going to deal with disappointments, yeah. with heartbreak, with death. With, with, I mean, those things, you, nobody is going to tell you that there will never be loss. And loss is probably one of the most important sources of suffering. Do you feel like with your experience and wisdom that suffering gets easier for you over time since you know it's going to happen? You know you're going to lose a friend, a pet, uh, you know, a sibling, a, a loved one. You know you're going to be disappointed. Do you have tools for yourself to suffer less or lesser time amounts, or is it still a deep sense of pain when things happen unexpectedly that, hurt, or that are hurtful? I think that you don't suffer less. You suffer differently. Okay. And the most important thing is if you're not alone. Probably the most difficult thing in all our experiences, and certainly in the experience of pain or loss or suffering or ache, is not to be alone. Mm. So that somebody else tells you, I too have gone through this. Yeah. That's why we read books that inspire us from other people who have also lost and found their way back and saw the light again and they created new hope and reconnected with someone and allow themselves to love again and have another child and start another business, whatever it is. Right. You know, so you, what you, you go through it, but you have a sense that there is that thing called going through it and that you can come out of it on the other side, right. that there is hope, that you're not alone, that there is a day when it won't hurt and ache as much, that there is a day you will be able to wake up and you won't be thinking about- Obsessing over obsessing it. Obsessing about it. When was the last time you suffered the deepest? I have to honestly say it's been a while. Really? I have been in a really blessed, blessed time. That's great. You know? Um, <laughs> There's a wild 10 years, three years, seven years, what's... Look, I haven't had loss since my parents died. Mm -hmm. I have had periods of high anxiety for things that were going on around illness, around, you know, things like that. But I have not had a major crisis, luckily, mm. in a while, you know, except dealing with, the, you know, the proximity of illness in my life. Mm -hmm. Not my own, for that matter. Just people so in your life. So people yeah. in my life, people that are really, really close to me. So in that sense, I have been really blessed. It's an amazing thing. And you know what happens is that when you don't live it, you know it exists, but you forget. Mm. It's like if you've had a wound in your leg, you know where the thing was. But it no longer hurts, and you're looking sometimes with your finger. Was it exactly right. here? Was it exactly there? There's this amazing way in which when we, 
when we are not in pain, we have, we, we have the sense of what pain can be, mm. but we can't feel the pain that is not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you are reminded of something and you say, I, I remember, I, I felt that, I know, and I also had that once. Yeah. You know, and you can instantly re-experience the moment of acute pain. But if you don't, if, you, if the story is not there, you, uh, you, 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 you can say, yeah, I remember, I remember, I've, I've gone through this, but you don't feel it in the moment. Yeah. And I think that form of resistance, of, of immunity, I think is an amazing resilient quality that we have yeah. actually, that we are able to separate ourselves from something for the time being. But I could get hit any, any minute. We live in such uncertain times. I think that anybody who thinks that they are immune from it uh, are grandiose. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, I love, you have these two podcasts called Where Should We Begin and How's Work, which I haven't checked out How's Work yet, I'm going to. But Where Should We Begin is transformation, transformational. It's saving people's relationships, intimate relationships around the world. It's, it's really amazing done. And it, you know, relationships seem to be some of the hardest things for people to figure out. I have my friend Matthew Hussey who helps women find men and every girl this seems to be that I know is always like, Lewis, can you help me find a good man? It seems like women are just trying to find the right partner, find great relationship partners. And then when you're in a relationship, it seems to be like people are always struggling in relationships, whether it be intimate or work-related relationships, business partnerships. Why are relationships seemingly so hard for so many people when it's the thing we need the most to feel alive, to feel happy, and to feel connected? <laughs> This is the million dollar question, you know. I'm a relationship <laughs> therapist for 35 plus years. I work with people in their romantic relationships, mm -hmm. family relationships, friendships, co-founder, colleagues, co-workers. So love and work, the yes. two pillars of our life, as Freud said. And um, if I could just say, why is the simple feeling of loving or caring not enough? Mm. Because the entire human drama is really complex. The same way as nature is complex, mm -hmm. so is human nature complex. And uh, I, I've spent my whole career studying what is changing in relationships. You know, why, are they more complicated today? Are they more painful today? You know, are, are, have our expectations changed? Mm -hmm. And there aren't, there, that I have answers to. I don't have answers to why is it so, right. why, you know, but I do Is it know. more complicated now, relationships, than yes. 50 or 100 yes. years ago? Yes, absolutely. Why is that? Why? For a very simple reason. For a long time, we live, and we still in many parts of the world, live in traditional societies where relationships are clearly codified. There are clear rules, there are roles, there are obligations. There's a tight structure from which mm -hmm. you can't get out, but it tells you clearly who you are, where you belong, where you're rooted, and what's expected of you. And you don't have too much questions about whose career matters more, and who's going to wake up to feed the baby, mm -hmm. and who has a right to demand for sex. And, what, and everybody, every husband knows exactly what they can ask from their wife, and the wife knows exactly what she should not tell her husband, and children know their place, and adults can all interact. All of this was super regulated. Mm -hmm. You know exactly that on Sunday you go to visit your family and that you have to call your grandma and that and nobody you go to church and, and you yeah. go to church or you go to any other religious institution where you go to pray, to be with the community, etc. 
And you know what? Nobody needed to explain to you why it's important. You just went mm. because I said so. <laughs> and because that's what you do. That's yeah. what we do. And that's what we don't do because what will the neighbors say? Mm. And there is a community that looks over you all the time and the streets are narrow like that and everybody knows what's going on in the neighbor's house. Right now, your best friends could be breaking up and you didn't even see it coming. Mm. Nobody knows what goes on in the neighbor's house. That's where Where Should We Begin became, I think, so powerful. Wow. It gave you back a sense of what actually goes on in other people's lives so that you're not alone wondering, am I the only one who's going through all of this? This tight structure of our society has moved into what we call today network societies. Network societies is not tight knots, it's loose ends. Mm. It's loose threads with commitment that can be revoked at any moment. That's why your women are constantly writing to you. I thought we had something and the next day he disappears. I thought we had developed a sense of trust. You know, where is the care? Where is the loyalty? Where is the continuity? All these things that now are not just set, fixed, they all have to be negotiated. Everything that was a rule is now a negotiation, mm. a conversation. Who's going to go wow. to work? Who is, are we going to move you to the West Coast or are you going to move with me to the East Coast? Are we going to have children? Are we ready to have children? How many children? Do we even want children? You know, on and on and on. So many Am I happy yeah. at work? Oh, I could do better. Should I stay a few more months? Should I leave? Should I, you know, is this what I really want to do? Is this who I really am? Is this my passion? Is right. this my passion? You know, this identity quest the whole mm -hmm. time. Is this who I want to be? Is this, and all of these questions are rather new questions. Why? Because in the past or in other parts of the world today, you kind of know who you are. Mm. Seriously. Mm. You're the son of somebody. <laughs> right. Even you're the son of somebody. It starts with that. Ben. You know, and you probably will even do what your father has done mm -hmm. if you are a man and maybe not do much of any of the outside the house if you are a woman or you may begin a charting course of working outside the house. And all of these things are very, very normative. Mm -hmm. and, and now it's different. We don't have any of that at this moment. Yeah. We... Basically, I call it the identity economy. We spend our time trying to figure out who am I. Mm. We have an enormous industry of self-help, yeah. you know, um, with this belief that we are self-made, that we can have selfies, that we do self-care. It's this self, self, self that is so focused, such the center of everything and so fragile. The freaking self has never been more fragile. <laughs> We are constantly making sure that it, that it doesn't get overwhelmed, that it doesn't get triggered, that it doesn't get violated, that it doesn't get shattered because it stands there alone, mm -hmm. like the little Dutchman with his finger trying to hold back the dike. Mm. You know, and that is the times I think we are in at this moment. And there, that's the waters I think you swim in. <laughs> sure. Well, I think that's where suffering, uh, inner suffering comes from on the surface is when you obsessively think about yourself when you're, you're obsessively self-centric thinking all the time. Trying to improve yourself mm -hmm. and feeling not good enough. Right. I think it's the comparing combination. Yourself. Comparing Now, right. I don't know that people didn't compare themselves when they all went to, to, uh, and stood on the steps of the church on a Sunday morning. Sure. I think it, communities, people have always compared themselves, but there was, much, there was a different type of social control, mm -hmm. the one that we have on social media today. Right. Social control has always existed. Yeah. You know, so... 
Suffering is part of life. Community and not being alone is what helps us with all our experiences, mm -hmm. definitely with suffering. I look at the disappointments of relationships and the struggles that we have. Why are they so challenging? What is the challenge? What can you do about it? When is it you who can do something? And when do you have to realize the limitations that what you will do will not change another mm -hmm. necessarily, mm -hmm. when it does and when it doesn't? And how does this manifest at work and at home? Yeah, yeah. You asked me how relationships have changed. I think we've never had more expectations of love and work than we do today. I think we expect today from love and work many things that we expected before from religion and from community. We want our relationships to be transformative, mm -hmm. transcendent, spiritual, meaningful, yeah. spiritual, Sexual. purposeful, erotic, passionate, and we want it at home and we want it at work. Mm. We How do want, we get it at work too? Oh, because we, we want work to be purposeful today. Uh -huh. We want work to, you know, to give me a sense of identity, of meaning, of self-fulfillment, of development. I don't mm -hmm. just want to go to work only for the paycheck. I need the paycheck, but I also want the paycheck to yeah. be meaningful to me. Um, work has become um, an identity economy. It's not just what am I going to do, it's who am I going to be. Yeah. And, um, and it parallels, it parallels, you know, what do we talk about at work? Transparency, belonging, authenticity, mm -hmm. trust, psychological safety. I mean, when did the entire emotional vocabulary <clears throat> enter the workplace to such a degree <laughs> that soft skills, what they used to be called, uh -huh. which are emotional and social skills, yeah. relational skills, which is used to be seen as feminine skills, mm -hmm. and feminine skills, you, don't, you can idealize them in principle but disregard them in reality. And these soft skills have very quickly become the new heart mm -hmm, skills. True. And that's why I'm working in the workplace. Yeah. It's not because I have changed and I suddenly am interested in work. It's because work has changed and is suddenly interested in what I have been doing for decades. <laughs> I love this. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all 
already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I'm going to ask you a question that may be hard to answer. Maybe it's easy, <laughs> but you've had, you've seen a lot of intimate relationships work and fail mm -hmm. over 35 plus years, right? Yeah. How many of the relationships, what's the percentage of people in your mind who are in intimate long-term relationships, marriages or not married, but together are actually happy most of the time, thriving, beautiful. I'm sure there's challenges, but like they're able to work through them with semi-ease, how many relationships in your mind are super happy and thriving after decades of the changes of the times, society, work, family, all, all the dynamics that happen in life? So I have two ways of answering. Yes. The first one is cultural. Mm -hmm. Your definition of happy and thriving and fulfilled is probably very different than many other cultures sure. where being healthy, <laughs> right. having enough to eat, yeah. having children, Have having grandchildren, yeah. having good jobs, being respected in the community. Is happy and thriving. Is happy and thriving. Mm -hmm. It's not about you and I are talking on the couch and I'm pouring my heart at yeah, you yeah. and you are telling me I'm the best thing that's ever happened to you in mm -hmm. your life and all of that. Okay, so that's we, one version. That's yeah. one version. Okay. Is you have got to look at the word happiness and thriving really in a cross-cultural okay, context. I like that. Because a lot of us, by the way, who have the new definition, have parents who think about marriage and what is a happy marriage with the with the other definition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, that maybe we are so unhappy because we want so many other things that are maybe not part of marriage. Mm. 
We have such high expectations. We have super high expectations. I want, we want everything. We want yeah. a partner to be an entire community. My best friend, my trusted confidant, my passionate lover, my intellectual equal, my co-parent. And on top of it, I want with you to deal with all the vicissitudes of the everyday life and all of all what we need to get to, all of that. And then we should also be passionate, great lovers, fantastic travel travelers, the world, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, and very few Go of dancing us, right? every week, and yeah. So Eli Finkel has a best answer for you on that. Okay. He's a researcher on marriage. And basically what he says is that the good relationships of today are better than the relationships of history. Mm. But they're very few. Because... The good, what you call that happiness, is the top of the Olympus. Mm -hmm. It's climbing the mountain. And at the top of the mountain, the view is fantastic, but the air is also thinner. And not everybody can climb the mountain. Mm. The people who get to the top, their top is probably better than the tops of the past. Wow. Now, what is the top? It used to be that marriage was for survival. Then it became a romantic enterprise. And it became what I call the service economy, from the production economy to the service economy. You want children, but no longer just eight, so you only want two. So sexuality becomes for pleasure and connection, so it becomes a service economy. Mm. It's no longer a production. Right. And then from there you go into identity, which is what? I want to become the best version of myself, and you're going to help me do so. That's the identity story sure. of marriage. And that goes up the Maslow ladder. Now, if I ask the question differently, I, I actually wanted to write that very article. Mm. About 10, 15 years ago, I set out to write a piece, what are creative couples? And do you know, because creative was the word I was interested mm -hmm. in, not so much happy, passionate, sure. but creative, meaning not stable, not solid. But what is this thing, creativity, the spark? And I went and I asked, almost a hundred people. Do you know couples that inspire you? Do you know couples that you think have that spark still? And the frightening thing was that the majority of people could sometimes come up with one, maybe two, and that was it. Wow. You know, they knew people who were very good at renovations and people who were great parents together and people who were great business partners together, but that Whole that you talk about. Yeah. There were very few. And I thought that is so sad because here we are, we want something. I mean, if I say good business partners or business leaders, you would give me 10 people who mm -hmm. you think inspire you to mm -hmm. run a company or, or authors or musicians. or We all have a long list. Like, who can say what's your favorite musician? I mean, most of us have more than one. Mm -hmm. When it comes to intimate relationships, people have very few models. Now, maybe it is because what they want is so high that there is very few models, actually. And that's probably the challenge of intimate relationships wow. today. So how do, we, how, do we find, how do we create that in an intimate partner? Or is it setting a lower expectation for what we want so that we don't... It's both. I think sometimes if you lower your expectations, you're much better off, no doubt. Wow. Calibrate. So back to Eli Finkel's research. Calibrating expectations is probably one of the most, the three main things wow. for what he calls successful relationships. Wow. And calibrating doesn't mean you lower your expectations necessarily, but you also diversify them. You mm -hmm. don't ask one person Be everything. to give you what a whole village should actually give you. Right. Okay. That was the first thing. What's the second? You said there's three things? So one is the calibration of the expectation. Two is the diversification. 
And three, which is the one that very much speaks to me, is um, doing new things. Mm. That with when, your partner? With your partner. That if you do the things that you enjoy, that's really nice, that's comfortable, that's cozy, that solidifies the friendship. But if you want to create intensity, mm. it, de it, de it demands risk-taking, doing new things outside of your comfort zone, a little bit more on the edge. How often should we be doing new things with our intimate partner? I think as often, I mean, look, the answer to this is very simple. Often enough, but not too often that you become chaotic and you dysregulate, right? Mm. Now you're asking me a systemic question. This is true for an individual, a relationship, or a company. If you don't change or grow, you fossilize and you die. Mm. If you change too much, too fast. No stability. Yeah. There's no stability, you go chaotic <laughs> and you dysregulate. Right. So how often it depends on where you are at in your life. Are you the two of you? Do you have kids? Do you have little mm -hmm. ones? Do you have aging parents? Are you taking care of somebody? What else is going on here? We'll tell you if this is a period where you need more stability or if this is a period where it's time to go and be curious and explore and right. discover and go into the world and launch. Right. If you're a, a young 30-something female, I get this all the time from a lot of women who reach out to me who are ending relationships that were really stressful for them or they've been single for years and they're trying to figure out how do they find the right person or how do they create the right relationship for them that's going to be a, a long-term partner. If you're a female in your young 30s, what should they be thinking about? Like, should they be focusing first on themselves, growing themselves, or what are the things they should be looking for in the right partner? Right. I just wrote my current blog which is a little bit of a critique of this taking care of yourself first. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Give it um, to me. Because you, you learn to love yourself in the context of your relationships with others. Mm. You know, we, this idea that you go first to work on yourself here and then you prepare this little nice little package and you bring it to relationships, that's, that is completely off actually. Wow. There, it's, it's, it's interactive. You, do do, you need a good amount of self-awareness, but you also need to be in relationships because it's people who help you become more aware. Practicing it. it practicing yeah. it, but other people let you see who you are. It's by being with others that you get to know who you are, not just by sitting there alone and say, who am I, who am I? Right. But this is a relational perspective on life, and I will stand by that. Wow. Read the newsletter. It's, I like that. I really poured myself okay. into that one because I'm tired a little bit of this. No, what I will say to you, I'm tired of the go fix yourself first, then first go be in a and then go be in a relationship. Relationships help you to become who you are. Mm. That's what happens between children and their caregivers. The next thing is, instead of constantly thinking who's the right person I'm going to find, why don't you ask yourself who do you want to be? Who should the other one be? No, maybe it's for, on occasion, ask who will I be as a partner? Who mm. have I been till now in my relationships? How have I shown up? What is it that I do? Not just, you know, finding the right person. Mm -hmm. That's, now, what does it mean to find the right person? And there I will say, the simplest way of looking at it is this. There are many people you will love and they are not necessarily the same people that you will make a life with. Are you looking for a love story or are you looking for a life story? Ooh, that's good. You understand? Yeah. There are many people have had love stories. This is a whole different story. I never thought for a minute I would live with these people. Take something else to have a partner in life with whom you're going to go 
through the pains, yeah. the sufferings, the challenges, the, you know, the, 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 all of that. So Can you have a life partner and still have a love story? Of course. Of course. You want the life partner to be a love story mm. too. But the love stories per se are not life stories. Mm -hmm. It's different ingredients. It's different values. You, there's some things that you don't need in order to have a beautiful love story with someone. It, it, it lives in its encapsulated version on its own. You're not thinking, can I do this with you? Can I get old with you? Can I take you to my parents? Can, can, you know, I, do we share similar It's about values, life, not just about feelings. Mm. So when you're looking for the right person, it's not just what attracts you. Mm -hmm. It's who can you build a life with? How many values in common do you need to have with your partner, life partner? Because the important ones. It's not how many, but there are a few mm -hmm. of them that are really that are really like important. Which, which ones would you say that I'll make give, or break based on your experience? I think I'm not going to say them in order of mm -hmm. importance, yeah, but yeah. one of them that really matters is your relationship to others. If you are a person that values relationships, that sees the presence of others in your life as central, and you are with somebody who does not want community or mm. does not know how, I mean, I'm talking not about what they would like to learn through you, but their value is you do things alone, you live alone, mm. you rely on yourself, you, you know, you don't bring people over to the house. I have a couple I just spoke with yesterday, you know, and he loves to have people over and she just, nobody should come ever to the house. She wants a, her space Her space, alone, the whole yeah. thing. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a tough one. Uh -huh. It's not just about the house. It's his whole life is about being with people. And her whole life is about not being with people necessarily. Mm. That's not how she experiences it. Now the question is, is she drawn to more of what he has to offer? And is he drawn to more of what she has? If these they are both totally... Want a more, yeah. Then, then, okay, it's different values come together and they, they mix and match. Yeah. But if you have these two separations like that, so that's, that's one. Wow. One of the beautiful okay. questions I ask in How Is Work is, um, were you raised for autonomy or were you raised for loyalty? Were you raised for self-reliance? Or were you raised for interdependence? Mm. Which one would you say? For me, was self-reliance mean what? You have, nobody will ever help you as well as you can help yourself. You mm. only have yourself to count on. Don't trust people. You're on your own, buddy. Or raised for loyalty Interdependence, of loyalty. Family, You're never team. alone. There's mm. people around you. You owe others. Others are there for you. Mm. Relationships is what makes you. I think I was both based on like circumstances. Correct. And like the lessons. circumstances yeah. made you reliable yeah. because you were alone uh -huh. with mom, yeah. but the messaging was you of have course. me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So I think both. I think mm. that question is a fundamentally wow. interesting question. Okay. That people can ask themselves when they partner in business and in love. Raise for self-reliance or loyalty? Yeah. Right? Okay. Interdependence. Are you part? Do you see yourself as connected to others, and it's your connections that give you a sense of anchoring, meaning, relevance, mm, importance, with all of that? Or okay. do you see yourself as fundamentally on your own? On your own. I gotcha. think travel, curiosity. You often will have a complementarity between one person who is 
curious and eager to discover and goes on, you know, and yeah. then another person. Your question Who about... wants to be alone or, or doesn't want to travel, wants to stay doesn't home. Want to, but it's also likes comfort, likes repetition, mm -hmm. likes the familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the religious values, mm -hmm. if you have a person who, who you know, those, those matter a great deal. Children, mm -hmm. do you want family or do you not want family? If you, you know, if you want a family, then make sure that you find someone who wants a family. What right. you, Otherwise, what what's you the gonna, point of being a life What are you going to yeah. do, try to convince some, you know? Now, I don't think you have to have the same values on everything. I think you have to have a similar outlook on life. Which is? A vision, like exactly mm. the same as when you, a vision, do you, do you want to own a home? Mm -hmm. Do you think that economic achievement is important? Do you want to live in an extended family? You think that living intergenerationally really is important and you have somebody else who says, you know, I don't want your parents over, <laughs> you know, do you... Do you want to live in more than one place? Mm. You know, I think these are essential, you know, money, mm -hmm. feelings or emotions, religious beliefs, attitude toward life. It's not a specific value about something. It's the, a, a value is a cluster of things. Yeah. It's a cluster of importance, of systems of meanings. That's a value. And, it's, and you may not find someone with everything is the same, but someone with a similar mindset, is what you're saying, an overall feeling. I met feeling. a husband of mine, with whom I am for more than three decades, yeah. who had never left the U.S. when I met him. Really? I never knew such a person existed. <laughs> Coming from Europe, that was un, un, unheard he of He lived in us. Europe? No, he lived in the States. Oh, he lived in the States. He was American. Gotcha. I came from Europe. In Europe, you travel everywhere, everywhere yeah. all the time. Even if you have nothing, Plus, you work train, one plane. month, you get the money, and then you go to the next country, which is two hours away. Yeah. I, he so never I, traveled outside of the U.S. He had never been outside of the U.S. Yeah, he will always tell me he went to the Virgin Islands. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> for the rest, and I thought, oh, my God, how does one, you know, who is such a person? But I knew it was because of the circumstances of his life sure. and that if he could, he would, and mm. he was intensely curious. Mm. If you just said, oh, he's never traveled, then you misinterpret. You don't want to just look at the manifest thing mm. of, you know, you want to say, and behind this, is there someone who would actually like that, who just hasn't had the opportunity and is curious and just says, let's go. So don't get fooled just by what you see. Right. Find out what is the belief behind it, the aspiration, the longing, the interest, and then you get a sense of what is the value. Do you think it's, I want to go back to expectation. Do you feel like we should lower or should diversify expectations or what did you say the word was? Calibrate. Calibrate expectations. Or should we be finding someone that can reach that expectation that we want. No, I think it's. Do you really, think it's just impossible? I think you you need to calibrate. Calibrate. You, Always calibrate too. You right? calibrate. You constantly yeah. will be disappointed. Do you know a single relationship where you haven't been disappointed? No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, disappointment is which can lead to suffering. Yeah. Is part of a relationship. The minute you have a relationship, you have an expectation. That expectation means that you want something. Love, closeness, intimacy, partnership, you know, business mm -hmm. affiliation, you name it, creates dependence. 
the moment you have an attachment, you have dependence. That dependence means that you have power, or I have power. If I expect something from you, I confer power on you. Mm. You have power over me, I have power over you. By definition, there will be moments when that power doesn't go in the direction that I want. And I'll be disappointed. I'll be disappointed. Is there a single child that didn't have a disappointment from their parents? No. It doesn't exist. Right. This, this idyllic thing you're talking about, <laughs> it doesn't exist. The next thing is, what do you do with that disappointment? Hey, can I come tell you? I'm really disappointed. You let me down. I thought we were in this together. I trusted you. And you say, I see your point. Or do you say, what the hell are you talking about? You're just inventing this. You're delusional. Mm -hmm. None of the, you know, yeah. and everything in between. Yeah. That's how you do a relationship. It's really based on the repair. It's not based on the... <laughs> it's how we heal the disappointment. Yes. It's, it's how you repair all these breaches. Yeah. Moment by moment. You come back, you know, and the repair is not, oh, I'm so sorry. The repair may sometimes be, hey, do you want a glass of water? Right. Or, hey, did you see this article in the newspaper? John Gottman has this very interesting thing about that. He says the repair is not that you come and you do a mea culpa. It's that you do what he calls bids for connection. You show mm -hmm. the other that they still matter. I brought mm -hmm. the newspaper in at a time when we still had newspapers. Right, that was right, one of his right. examples. You know, I brought a paper in. Like, I think of you. I'm pissed at you. You just annoyed me. We just had a spat. But, I, but you're still... I still care about you. I still care. I still value you're still in you. my life. I yeah. still respect you. So it's how we repair disappointment on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. Minutes sometimes. Is, the, is the, the success of the relationship. And that means also how you come and you say you take responsibility. Yes. Right, right. I think... I actually think that taking responsibility is the ultimate freedom. Really? I've, I messed up. I shouldn't have done this. You know, can I do that? You know, it really is being accountable. Mm -hmm. What if you were... Instead of blaming the other. What if, it, what if it actually in that moment wasn't your doesn't fault? Matter. It doesn't matter. You don't have to agree with anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off with Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Wasn't my intention. Yeah. So, you know, we are going to sleep a lot, wow. but it's about just saying it. And for that, you have to, it's about saying it. And for that, you have to be able to see that you're a flawed person mm -hmm. who can be accountable yeah. without that becoming a major source of shame and I'm terrible. It's a different thing between saying I messed up and I messed up. How, I like this distinction. How do we, in our mind, because I think in the past, relationships when I messed up in a small term, mm -hmm. right? Like a disappointment, a small mm -hmm. disappointment. Feeling, saying like, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. or say, taking responsibility, or saying, you know what, that was my fault. Mm -hmm. 
was like a humiliation. Well, it was more like, look at, when I'm like, well, look at all the- No, it was more like, here's all the actions I'm doing right. Right. Today I've done this, Mm -hmm. which was an expectation, and I've done that, and I took the trash out or whatever, I'm just, and I, you know, did something kind for you, and I wrote a note, and I did this, and I took us to dinner, and I did all these things well today, but I messed up on this one thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, I used to say to myself, like, gosh, but can't you see the whole picture of, like, all the good things I'm doing? Why do I need to be an hour conversation about, like, one small thing? That's what I used to feel like. And do you feel like we should just be saying, you know what, take responsibility anyways for those moments, even if you're doing lots of good things. Uh You know what I mean? Yes. I'm not a perfect human being. You know, it's like, I might slip. (laughs) The story is told by you. Yes. The other person is the one that needs to think, to tell you about all the good things that you've done. Uh-huh. If you felt, I do all of this, I do one thing wrong, and now I have to go into the dark pit. Yes. You know, but that's because you had a partner who did not enough tell you about all the good things you right. did. Right, so this was about me. If yeah. you are in a relationship, you need that other person to acknowledge all of the positive stuff, so that when you have to say something about the moment that you messed up, you don't feel like, you know, this is an endless chore. If you ask me one of the secrets, I should have probably said it, like it's definitely relationships with high degrees of appreciation. Yeah. If you are flipped on the side of the criticism and what's missing, I put it in the context of distress, but I could say mm-hmm. successful, thriving relationships have a high degree of appreciation. Wow. Well, I think, yeah, exactly. Or I think it's more like, okay, if you're gonna acknowledge one thing that I didn't do, at least acknowledge something of the That's things right. I did do, right? It's not at least, it's a must. It's a must. It's so a it's must. Not, it's not bad if I, I shouldn't be needing that, or I shouldn't be You should need it. I should need it, You right. should need it, yeah. you totally should need it. Got you. Don't but only acknowledge the bad, also acknowledge the good. Not also, it's, it's, it's a must, it's mm. a mandate. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens sometimes in distressed relationships, because you were in a distressed relationship at that moment. This is true, you can directly take this into the workplace. In a distressed relationship, the tendency is to highlight the negative and disregard the positive. The positive is just a given. The negative will make a big deal out of it. So the one thing you didn't do becomes the whole conversation. And then what does that person do? Of course that person says, but you disregard all the other stuff. And rightly so, because it has been disregarded. Mm. In a distressed relationship, the positive, if we get there on time, it's because there was no traffic. And if we get there late, it's because of you. The good is chance, the bad is attributed to you. Or in a different Mm -hmm. version of that is what we call negative attribution error. If I am in a bad mood, it's because I had a bad day. But if you're in a bad mood, it's because you're a nasty person who is always so cantankerous. Mine is circumstantial, yours is characterological. So Mm -hmm. when you'd say, I was in a relationship in which when I did one thing bad, it was so overblown and I felt like everything else was being disregarded, that's a sign of a distressed relationship. Mm in and of itself. Interesting. So the fact that, okay. you, because in a normal relationship, somebody else says, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, then you finally don't do something, and says, oh, I really messed up there, I forgot, sorry. Right. And it's not such a big deal. Okay. Because you are seen for the whole person. Right. If you have to make a speech 
about you should see the whole person, you're not in a good relationship. Ah, there you go. Okay. Or you're not in the dynamic in your relationship not is working. not a good one. Yeah. No, that's okay. A, that that in itself is a sign of a bad dynamic. Gotcha, gotcha. You shouldn't okay. have to say this. So I wasn't crazy. Okay, gotcha. No. Okay, gotcha. No. <laughs> so and the interesting thing about this is how much it applies at home, mm. and the same thing happens at work. And at work. So is it a mandate to acknowledge uh, team members at work as well in the good and not just the negative? I absolutely think so. Yeah. But I am not the best at it myself. Right. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> you acknowledge know? your team the best. I do, I It's hard. Do, when we're I running do. the show, we see a lot of the, the things that are slipping through, right? Yeah. yeah it's like I, my tendency is to... Uh, uh, but it's different because in a relationship, you're not, it's not a paycheck, right? It's like... Maybe there is, but it's different in terms of like an intimate relationship versus a working relationship. How much has your team taught you? Because look, you are probably like me. We wouldn't be sitting here on some level if we were not actually more self-critical people. Of course. And very demanding of ourselves. Of course. And hence, we surround ourselves by people who we think we can be demanding from as well. Mm -hmm. And that is true. But... It is also important that we learn to be sometimes a little kinder with ourselves mm-hmm. and not just highlight the negative. I know. While at the same time asking the girlfriend to not be like that, mm-hmm. even though you are doing sure, it with sure. yourself, and to also do it with our team. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think you can go wrong, you know, mm-hmm. if it's not gr- just kind of fluff. I yeah. think that acknowledging the efforts of people is a good thing to learn. And my team teaches me that. They teach me a lot yeah. too, yeah. I've grown so much in the last seven, eight years of launching this and my business just by seeing how much, you know, my words or my energy could affect someone if, you know, I'm only focusing on, like, what they messed up on. Mm-hmm. So we, we do acknowledgement all the time. Every meeting, it's like we try to acknowledge a team member and acknowledge people all the time because I've learned over the years, I'm just like, it's not good just to focus on the negative and what's, what's not working, even if you're the boss and even if you're paying everyone or whatever it may be. And have you ever connected that to the fact that your focus was on self-reliance? See, they come together. Self-autonomous people, people who were raised for autonomy, need to learn what you're describing, to be more, to to give those comments, to see what other people are doing. They need to learn not to just look like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Now, in Hal's work, I'm excited to dive in on this. I had a a business partnership before the School of Greatness about eight years ago that we, we started a company together. I guess 11 years ago we started a company. We ran this for like three years. Mm-hmm. The company took off. It started to be very successful financially, started making millions of dollars in sales a year with a very small team. It was essentially just us and we outsourced a few things. And it did very well until the dynamics of the relationship started to change. We had both had nothing starting out and then we grew and we started to get some success, some financial stability, things like that. And things started to shift where we didn't have our values aligned. We didn't have our, I guess, our work ethic aligned. And we didn't communicate specific. about... specific. We didn't communicate about expectations. We went into it quickly into a business partnership. Were you friends before? We were friends maybe for like six months. Like we had just met. We were in a co-working space. I was working on something similar to what he was working on. Let's, we were just talking and hanging out, helping each other, giving advice, and then we worked on a project together. Hey, then. we should do... Yeah, let's try this thing. It did well. Let's do this again next week. Let's keep doing it. We're making money. Let's, let's grow it. Okay, now let's build a business together. So there was not a level of communication beforehand or an agreement 
on, okay, if in five years you want to leave, what's the expectation? If I want to leave, we didn't have that. So I take full responsibility with both of us not clearly communicating expectations. And so anyways, after a few years, we, I start to get a lot of resentment because I had an expectation that this person was going to be working as hard as me. I'm up till 2 a.m. every night. He has a kids and a wife. I don't have that. So I can work all day, all night. And I'm thinking, let's grow this thing. Let's build this thing. And I didn't communicate, so I take full responsibility. So after a while, I remember saying to myself, why am I, why am I giving up 50% of this when I'm doing 90% of the, the sales generating yep. efforts mm -hmm. that are bringing in the revenue, right? And I even had him, um, I was like, a lot of our stuff was based on sales from live webinars. And I was the guy who was doing the live webinars. So I even said like, hey, why don't you try to do this webinar on your, on your own and see if you can generate some sales. And there was zero sales when he did it. So I think he realized, okay, like in order to generate income, he needed someone to sell for him. And where I was, I was thinking like, okay, I could probably pay someone five grand a month to do all the responsibilities of him, but he's generating a lot more than that. And so there was a level of resentment where I just didn't communicate. I just got angry and was resentful. And when you get angry, what do you do? Um, I would be reactive. I'd be dismissive. I would be, you know, I would be distant. I would focus on my own stuff. And I started thinking of like, how do I get out of this, right? How, how do I get out of this? And I was also very immature, didn't know like, didn't really know myself, didn't heal my trauma from the past, like didn't do all these things before this. And I remember like going through a lot of internal pain and suffering because of this lack, my, my lack of emotional courage to have hard conversations. Was he acknowledging the fact that, but did you have a shared sense of reality? Did he agree uh, no, with no, what you see? No, 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 no. So that's I the think, first thing. I think until he, he tried like to do a webinar himself to sell when he, he didn't make any money on it, right. I think he was like a first wake up call like, oh, I guess I do need Lewis mm -hmm. in a sense. Like we needed each other until a point where I was like, I can just pay someone to do your job. But we had started this together. Mm -hmm. So it was just like trying to figure, it was just messy. And then? Um, I remember like we were in the middle of Times Square one day arguing and a friend of ours was there, a mutual friend, and we were arguing and it just got really heated. And I wanted to like literally fight him in the middle of Times Square because I was like, you're not holding your weight, I'm doing this. You know, it's just like an argument. We we're both arguing our case, right? And I was just like, this is not working, you know? And it's not going to work. I ended up selling the company to him. I, I remember I ended up starting going through emotional intelligence work and starting healing trauma in the past. And I approached him and I said, even though I have this... What was the piece that you needed to address from the past that was going to help you with this? Um, I, what wasn't the piece I needed to address? But I think it was the sexual abuse and the trauma that I faced and a lot of like feeling abused and taken advantage of my entire life. Feeling like people were out to get me or fairness of like what's fair, what should we both have, what should we both get type of thing. So I think once I started to do a lot of that work on myself and heal from past hurts from other people where mm -hmm. I felt taken advantage of, mm -hmm. I remember coming to him and emailing him and saying, hey, I want to meet you in person. And literally the first thing I said was like 10 minutes of acknowledging him and gratitude for him. I where wouldn't have started this without you. I was just like, there's no way we'd be here right now without you. I'm so grateful. Even if there was like things I wasn't happy with, I was just like, here are all the things I'm really grateful about mm -hmm. you. And I think he was in shock. 
because for six, seven months prior, it was a lot of stress for both mm -hmm. of us, and a lot of resentment, both sides. But that mindset and attitude was able to get us to a place to um, find a deal where I sold the company to him. Whereas if I didn't come to him from that place of gratitude, I probably wouldn't have been able to sell it to him. And there were other challenges since I exited that we had, but I remember I needed to come from a place of gratitude. I needed to come from a place of calm and peace in order to make some resolution happen. And you have a show, I know we, we're, I'm actually over my time right now, so I wanna be respectful, but your show, How's Work, deals with a lot of people who are in partnerships and business that like, go through different challenges in business, right? So your story could be an episode on How's Work. <laughs> okay. Complete. Right. You know, every, your story says, in order for me to deal with my co-founder, I needed to deal with the other part of my resume, my relationship history. My I needed past, my yeah. past, the past, the way that I had felt that people had used me, mm -hmm. the way that I felt that I've always had to do more, yeah. the way that I felt that even when I did more, they still thought that they did that mm -hmm. more than me, the way that I didn't know if I took them on that they wouldn't hurt me more. Right. You know, and so my invisible history that is right there as I'm working with my co-founder. That he didn't know about. That he did not know about. You know, um, that was, that's an episode of housework. That's mm. what we address. I deal with, co it's, it's where should we begin for anybody who's ever had a job. Right. It's co-founders, colleagues, co-workers, family business. 65% mm -hmm. of, co of startups will fail like yours because yeah. of the relationship between the co-founders. Wow. Just so you know. They fail that's because Wasserman of the relationship. Because the relationship. Not because the economy no, or because no, of customers. No, that's an enormous amount of good wow. ideas that fall apart because the relate. That's Howard Masterman at Harvard. That's not right, my right, right. statistic here. And what you did is you first of all went and you realized I am bringing stuff here that I need to acknowledge. Then you went to him. You didn't just do gratitude. You actually did basic reality testing. It is yeah. true that without him, you may not There's have no been way. where you were or where There's you started no and way. all of that. Absolutely. It was also true that at a certain moment, you no longer wanted to continue right. be with him. Right. And it's, it's, this it's the ability to not have to deprive the other of anything they've done mm -hmm. in order to justify yeah. and to just say, I know you've done all of this. Of course, when you come to me and you first acknowledge my contribution, I'm not on the defensive. Yeah. Then you can com come and say, I would like to sell you the company. Right. Because I, if you came and you talked about everything you do, I would answer to you with everything I've done, and everybody's holding their card. But if you come and you tell me what I have done, then I don't have to go into that script, and I can actually choose a different path. Yeah, I don't I have to, to, to hold on my credentials and remind you what I have done wow. here. But this thing about two people who start together and one starts to do more and feels that they are pulling, putting in all the effort and they're the generating one and that, mm -hmm. you know, and then the other one is still trying to tell them, you know, no, 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 we are equal. Right. And they feel like we are not equal anymore and it's unfair. And then it taps into, and I know that feeling used feeling. <laughs> I've been there, you know, and are oh, one. Uh, yeah. And now you have this past and the present sitting on each other, the personal and the professional, the invisible resume with the reality of the workplace. Mm. I wish you'd come with your partner to ah. an episode, but I invite <laughs> anybody else in a similar situation to come and do an episode wow. of how it's work. Okay. That, that is, it's riveting. Wow. It's riveting because 
you tell it now and and I listen to it like that because you made the connections. Yeah. But the episode is often the opportunity for people to make the connections for the first time. Before the, wow. No, with me, in, it for in the, the first session. Time. They're it's stressed out. It's a three-hour session wow. that then gets edited. But it's a three-hour session with the colleagues and the co-founders going exactly into that. You know, Wow. I have two firefighter pilots that were in Iraq and Afghanistan together, and they then create a company. The company is very successful, and then at one point, one of them wants to go and do something that the other one doesn't want to do. And their whole question is, were we successful because we had a great idea, mm. or are we successful because we had each other? I have two Brits who are college friends like you who say, let's do this thing. They start with a, an idea, and it becomes this lucrative, successful communications company, but they can't talk to each other one word, you know, and they realize it wow. in the session. So you're telling me the story after, after the fact, the, yeah, yeah. how his work is the actual unearthing of this very I'm dynamic. excited to listen. And where's, where should we begin is amazing. So I'm excited to listen to this as well. So anyone who's got a job or an entrepreneur or got a co-founder with you, go listen to that right now. They're both on Spotify, right? On Spotify and anywhere else Apple, where you Spotify. listen to your podcast. Okay. Uh, this is a question I've asked you before, I think the last time you came on, but I want to ask you again to see if it's see different. It. <laughs> and I'm going to go back and check them. Um, this is called The Three Truths. So imagine it's your last day on this earth and you have to say goodbye. And your body dies and you go on to the next place, wherever that is. And it could be any year, any time, hundreds of years from now. But eventually you got to go. And you've accomplished every dream you can imagine. You've, you know, healed millions of relationships. You've written the books. You've done the speeches. Anything you want to do, you've created it. But it's all got to go with you, all of your work, all of your message. But you get to leave behind to the world three things you know to be true from all of your work and life experiences. Three lessons that you would share with the world to live by. What would you say are your three truths? The quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. Hence, make sure that you have a rich life and invest in your relationships. Nobody's ever died hoping they had worked more. And then the next one is make it so that when people remember you, they smile. Mm. That's a good one. Never heard that one. That they were touched by you in a way that really left them with something to cherish. Mm. I see so many people in my office as a therapist who, who are left with things that people left them with that are bitter, mm. cruel, hurtful. And I just think I want to be remembered with a smile. Wow, that's a good one. As somebody, you know, it was, a, it was great to know her, to meet her, to have her in my life. As my mother, as my wife, as my friend, as my boss. Um, mm. If you have that, then you continue to live inside the hearts and minds of others in a way that... Um, you leave a positive impact for many years to come. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Okay, and the third one? Oh, I thought this were already three. The first one is the quality of your life. Uh, or quality relationships quality, is the quality of your yeah. life. Yeah. The second one would have been there for you. Invest in okay. your relationships. Okay. Um, nobody has ever really, seriously, people, on every deathbed, people will talk about how they wish they had spent more time with their loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I actually have to say, I don't think I will say that because I'm doing it. 
Um, and the but if it was the third one, I think it would be something inspired by what you probably would think. If you have a dream that mm. has accompanied you your whole life, go ahead and try it, if mm. it's doable. Mm -hmm. It would be a pity that you would spend, I mean, there's certain things you won't do. I will never be a pilot, you know, that right, kind of, right. but there's certain things that you know you want to try one day. Just go ahead and dare it. What, yeah. what, what do you stand to lose mm -hmm. on some of these things? And I think that's a piece that I take from your work is mm. that that notion of there's, there's so many ways that you can explain why you don't. Go ahead and dare, mm. dare yourself yeah. on some things. You want to play that freaking piano, go get yourself a music, yeah. whatever it is, dare. And yeah. I like that, that I, I take from you. That's great. Thank you. Well, I want to acknowledge you, Esther, for, for constantly showing up. You bring so much healing to so many people and clarity and inspiration. Every time you speak, I swear it's like sound bites of like clarity and inspiration to how to live a better life and have better relationships. So I'm so grateful for you. I acknowledge you for this. Where Should We Begin is amazing for anyone in an intimate relationship. You have to go watch or listen to it. Season four coming out season, soon. The first two I listened to were unbelievable. I remember listening to the car. And I my, mean, you have to listen to four when it comes. I Three will. is incredible, but four is even better. Okay. They keep getting better, is <laughs> all I can tell you. How's work? I'm excited to dive into You can listen both on Apple or Spotify or anywhere podcasts anywhere. are. Yep. Um, where else can we support you or how, follow you? Where do you... I, I, I mean, you know, I told you about the newsletter and the blog. Yeah, I yeah. really write. People want, I don't always want to write another that? book. On my website, on social, on all the channels, estherperel.com. Okay. And uh, it's monthly. It's, uh, it's really what we are talking about, but in a, on a deeper level. Okay, so that I can't always do another, you know, book. Yeah. Of course, there's the books, yeah. uh, Mating in Captivity and The State of Affairs. Um, and... There's two other things. If you're a coach or a therapist, it is my training platform, which is called Sessions with Esther Perel, mm -hmm. where I, like you, bring some of the people that I learn from the most in the field of relationships. Yeah. And then if you're a couple and you feel like your sexuality has sagged and you're on a, in a rut, Rekindling Desire is the place to go. Mm -hmm. It's also on the website and it's the course that you take to kind of reconnect with your erotic self. Mm. Esther, appreciate you. You're the best. Thank, Thank you so you. much. It's Means a, a lot. pleasure to be back. Means I'll come lot. again. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. Relationships, the juice of life, bringing it all together. What is the meaning of this life? Why are we here? What's the purpose and why are relationships so challenging? We talked about all of this stuff, guys, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share with your friend. Tag Esther over on Instagram. Tag me, the at Lewis House. Text a couple of friends, guy friends, girlfriends. It doesn't matter. Share this with every person you can think of that is in a relationship in their life because we want to help people improve their relationships and improve the quality of their life. And you can literally change a person's life today by sending them this message and saying, hey, check this out. I think it'll really support you. Again, if we can ease pain in relationships, if we can learn to communicate better, then we're going to have a richer, fuller, more loving life. I really hope you enjoyed this. I love this quote by Dalai Lama. It said, the best relationship is one in which your love for each other exceeds your need for each other. And Dolly Parton said, the way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. You got to drop the expectations just a little bit. You can still communicate what you want, but you can't have everything. 
from one person. Otherwise, that other person is going to expect the same thing from you. And you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're all learning and growing and trying to be better. And, um, you know, we just got to be able to go through this with a little bit more ease and love for each other. But I hope you enjoy this. For me, I love when I get to sit down and talk to Esther because she just has the wisdom and the experience. And she's helping so many people in relationships, both in work and at home. Make sure to check out her new podcast, How's Work, available on Spotify and anywhere you get your podcast. And where should we, where should we begin? We'll truly help you in your marriage and intimate relationship as well. Big thank you, guys. I love you. I hope you feel loved. I hope you feel supported. I hope you feel seen and acknowledged. And if you don't right now, I want to let you know that I appreciate you. I acknowledge you. I'm grateful for you every time you show up and you listen to an episode, every time you you support this, and every time you support yourself because you're really doing the self-care by learning the things to improve and become a better human being in the world. It means the world to me. Thank you for your love and your kindness. Your generosity it does not go unnoticed. And as always, you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium bang and a Lufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range in a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.